Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And welcome to Case File 12 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This week we're talking about TV, with an in-depth look into the astonishing cheating scandal surrounding ITV's primetime game show, The Story. I phoned up Big Ron Jackson, former host of The Story and a variety of other family-friendly light entertainment programmes. But Big Ron's wholesome image was tarnished by his involvement in a cheating scandal which put an end both to his show and his career. I spoke to Big Ron about all of this, and although he accepts his punishment and regrets what he did, Big Ron maintains that there are certain other individuals who should be held responsible. They have, until now, escaped Lane, and Big Ron is keen to get the facts out. But the recording starts with Big Ron replying to my question about the TV show where he first found primetime success. Uh, what the, the, the show that, that the commissioners thought this is our guy? Yeah, exactly. The the one that really sort of made you Mister Saturday Night. Uh, Mister Bitch. That, that was your big your big break. Saturday Night Family Entertainment. Yeah. Get your kids around in front of the TV. It's Big Ron Jackson on and Mister Bitch. What was the premise? <laughs> right. Well, well, the premise. I, I remember I wrote it on the back of a napkin. I was having. Um, I was in a German restaurant uh, talking to a very, very important commissioner, and uh, basically it was uh, you get ten kids to uh, moisturise their faces for two years. So it's, it's quite. It's quite involved. This program then. Very involved. Very involved. And the idea was basically, could you tell? How old the kid was? And despite the fact they've been moisturising for two years. So you've seen it? Yeah, go on. <laughs> I guess we've all we've all seen it. <laughs> yeah, I'd I mean it was a, it was an absolutely brilliant show. But the problem is, uh, one of the kids, uh, you know, I don't know what moisturiser he was using, but he actually had grown a moustache. It was like a game show element. Presumably, people had to guess how old the kids actually were. No, so what happened was the kids then came on the show, and then they had, uh, and then it was a quiz show, and that's, and then the quiz show was hosted by Mr. Bitch. And where did you fit into all this? I had my hand up his ass. So Mr. Bitch was like a ventriloquist dummy. Uh, a what? Well, let's move on. Was it easy to book kids for this show? Were parents happy to sign a release form for a show called Mr. Bitch? Well, uh, you know, I could tell this story now uh, because it was a long time ago. But basically, after the first series aired, uh, there was a lot of um, a lot of trouble. So we couldn't use children again. And so what we did is we we had to get um, we had to basically dress adults uh, as children, scruff up their knees, put marmite and jam all over their cheeks. And so um, it was. It was a very odd show that uh, Mr. Bitch had also. Um, he uh, <laughs> he uh, he wasn't well at the time. 
um and he wanted out but we had to pay him a lot of money to stay in um it was it was frankly it was a disaster but uh but it led on to your biggest success which is the show you're known for now the story exactly it led on to well it bought me my home it bought me my home an an incredible show the story an incredible show and talk us through it talk us for people that may not have uh, heard of the story that don't live in this country itv's prime time game show the story what talk us through the premise well it's a it's very simple you know if you think about the best game shows over the past 10 20 30 years it's the simplicity that really people tune into week in week out and the story is very very simple the top line is the contestant has to tell a story yeah that's the top line that's the top line i walked in to itv and said that the cat the the contestant tells a story and then and then what well the uh no the contestant doesn't tell a story we get someone in to kind of you know like an actor or something like that the contestants then sit in a circle around the person telling the story and they have to buzz each time they think uh, the person is lying and then a red light flashes up and uh, they have to stand up and uh, march over they only get one of these they have to stand up and march over and try and pull a piece of clothing or a piece of the actor's body that they think isn't real so uh you know i remember famously uh the finale of series one um a contestant stood up thinking that the actor was wearing a face mask and went to pull it off and uh, it wasn't a face mask and it was horrific but it got the ratings i'm telling you so what what happens is basically yeah i, th- I, th- I think we could do with a summary um <laughs> You've got to tell whether someone's lying. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is the winner of that round then has to, you know, like um, uh, the generation game where you had to remember what was going past you on the uh, conveyor belt. You had to remember the objects going past you on the conveyor belt. You then have to go into a separate room where there are 10 other contestants and you have to tell the story and the contestants have to tell if you're lying or not, whether it's your story. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I think I've got you so far. There's a circle, and in that circle is someone telling a story. Yes. Various contestants detect that there's lies and push a buzzer. Then they try and pull off a fake body part that they believe is fake. Yes. And the winner of that round goes into another room and tells the same story to contestants that somehow have skipped the first round. Yeah, they don't. They think they're on. They both think they're on the same show. These two groups of contestants. Right. The person who um, is telling the story. Which if they get. The contestant. Right. If the contestant if the contestant tells the story and no one spots the lie or the fake body part, the chair flies up into a a room. Right, so there's, where a, there's are, a third round. There's a third round, yes. Uh, the chair flies up into a room, and this room has 50 contestants up there. So basically yeah. it just gets harder and harder and harder to to, to lie. You know, and it's it, it's a very difficult show to win at. It sounds it, yep. So, and what is the conceit in the third round? You're up there, there's now 50... And you, when you say contestants, you mean people that could also win. So someone Anyone have, can win. Right. Anyone can win. But it's surely it's in your in your advantage to start on round three than to have gone through the rigmarole of the previous two rounds. Um, yes. Yeah, yes, that is correct. But people love to play the game. Sure. So they, they, they don't go to level three that quickly. 
Yeah. So um, let's say hypothetically, you've you've nailed round one. You've pulled off a fake limb. You called out the lies in the story. Yeah. Go up to level two. Tell the same story. Yep. Try and not give the impression of what you're telling is lies, despite presumably mm-hmm. all of it being a lie, as it isn't your story. Nope. And then win win that and up to level three. Yeah. Right. So there we and are. Then, I guess the mood's a bit tenser. I'm, I'm sort of wary to ask this question. How many rounds are there? Four. Right. Okay. So round three, the penultimate round. Um, you're there. Big Ron Jackson, do you go up on the lift with them between the rounds? I'm No, I, I turn up level four. So it's a voiceover for the preceding three rounds. Yes, yes, I am. I, I am. I do pull the lever that sends the chair up, but apart sure. from that, it is all voiceover. And what's, do, you, f- do, you, do you have a catchphrase before the lift goes up? Um, <laughs> up, up, and away! You lying shit! Stuff like that. Primetime ITV. I mean, what are we talking about? You, you are the producer and host of Mr. Bitch. But they. Um, so level three is where it gets. Interesting. It gets interesting. Fifty yeah, contestants. So- Anyone could win. One person comes up through a presumably a hole in the floor. Up, up and away, you're lying shit. Round three. <laughs> so, level three, what we do is the fifty contestants all actually do parts of the story. For example, if a player has um pretended to tell a story about being a fireman, there based will on the, be based on the story from a fireman they did here in round one. Yeah. Yeah. The contestants in the level three are all firemen. And so right. what they do is they try and pick up details, you know, that things only firemen will know. Sure. So, you know, it's very... Level three is so difficult because, yes. you know, you're trying to bullshit people that actually do it for a living. But, and sorry, just to clarify, any one of those 50 contestants, i.e. the actual firemen, could win that round and then go to level four. Yeah. Right. And so what, what are the parameters for those contestants winning? So, you know, you, you like I said, you press a button that shines red that you think they're lying, or you go up to them and tear off like a nose or an ear that you think's fake. And, uh, so round three get... is, is, is in effect a sort of mirror image of round one. Well, I'm glad you used that word mirror because all around uh, the rooms are mirrors. Yeah, I don't mean we want to get into the staging of this right now. Let's just stick to the basic premise and you can you can paint a broader picture of what it looks like later on. Uh, level four um, is then where they meet me. Yep. And uh, the final round. And so, you know, again, um, like, for example, the fireman, say we'll take that as an example. I think that was in the first series. Um, what happens is you are then in a simulation of a real, so to use that example, fire. And you have to uh, basically blend in with the other firemen. And sure. uh, there is a circle of uh, 100 people that 100 have to people. work out, 100 people that have to work out who isn't the real fireman. And how, how long is this TV show? Uh, with adverts, a tight half hour. Very now, quick. Very quick. Now... Inexplicably, and some would say, I, I think even to hear my words now, some people would be surprised to hear what I'm about to say. But despite all of that, someone managed to cheat. Ah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, it, it ruined my career. It nearly sank the channel. And, um, well, needless to say, the story uh, was taken off there pretty sharpish. When were you first made aware of the, of the cheating, of the scandal that was about to break? Um, I got a call from a Sunday newspaper on um, Saturday night. It was about 10pm, and they said to me, uh, Is that Big Ron? 
I said, speak in. And I said, look, we've got a story coming out, front page, uh, especially a courtesy call to let you know, um, well, basically, um, you might not have a career come this time uh, tomorrow. I put the phone down. I wept. I woke up my children. I told them, um, I told them, you know, that I might have to go away for a while. And uh, I packed my bags that day and left. Where did you go? I went to ITV to... Uh, you moved in? Well, yeah, I thought... I, I wanted to be near the set. So, you know, I thought if anything happened, uh, I'd like to I'd like to be found or, you know, I'd like them to, to, to arrest me on the set. Sure. The set being... And I, you mentioned it earlier. It sounded like, like a lot of lifts and a lot of mirrors. <laughs> yeah, that was my pitch. I want a lot of lifts and a lot of mirrors. And the police did come. And they did try to arrest me, uh, but it took a very long time because of the mirrors and me going up and down the lifts. <laughs> and uh, and what was the accusation then? What was the um, what, what was labelled against? Well, you? yeah, I mean, I, I, I presume the listeners know uh, it was all over the papers. Um, yeah, but just remind us. Well, um, well, I I was accused of rigging the whole show. Charges you which you deny to this day. Oh, I, I didn't, and I'll say it again. I didn't do anything that was against the rules of that show. Sure. And I'll take that to the bridge. To the bridge? What yeah. Does that, what does that mean? Well, you don't remember my... Well, um, okay, how old are you? I'm, uh, I'm 31. Right, you won't remember. I, um, I did a show uh, in 1983 called uh, Take Me to the Bridge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a great, you know, basically a stag do. We'd get a stag do on and uh, you'd get the groom and uh, you'd take him to the bridge. That, as, as simple as that. You get a stag do, take him to the bridge. No, there was a bungee jump. You tossed him off. And uh, then every time he came up, he had to answer a question. And uh, every answer he got right, uh, the stag do would win a case of beer. Yeah. And if you got him wrong, uh, you'd make the bungee rope a bit longer. Yeah. You do remember it. Um <laughs> But, you know, the problem with it was, um, you know, he'd only be able to answer as he was bouncing up. He wouldn't be able to answer as he was going down. So and the so questions were, had to be quite short. Basically, what happened was every time I'd ask the question, he'd be gone. Sure. So I'd have to wait for him to come back up to answer the question. Yeah. Can we? Can you try and replicate that now quickly for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to get back to the story. But here's Take Me to the Bridge. Okay, welcome to uh, Take Me to the Bridge. Right, we've got a stag do. <laughs> and, um, right, lads? Yeah, right. Who's the stag? They will point at, uh, you know, a mate. They're like, it's him, he's getting married next Friday. I'm like, congratulations, pal. You're being taken to the bridge. Uh, we all then get into a, uh, um... <laughs> Sounds very good, this show, to be honest. I'm like, yeah. Um... I'm sad I wasn't around in 1983. I would have quite liked to have watched this. Take me to the bridge. You all clamber so into what? We dive into... So, basically, we did, we did get them in a limousine. The stag is then, uh, by his ankles, tossed over the side of the bridge. Sure. Uh, and then that's when the clock starts ticking. I explain yeah. to the boys, every answer he gets right, you get a coat of beer. Every answer they get wrong, they have to extend the uh, bungee cord. So just give First. us a, give us a flavour then. So it's, it's round one of Take Me to the Bridge. Okay, so we push him off. Yeah, he's gone. So he's gone. Yeah. So... Comes back in a bit. He comes back. So here he comes. What does the... He's gone again. Yeah. 
Wait for him to come back. Up he comes. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? Off he goes. He's yeah. back down again. So Very you, quick. Did you always start with the question again? You didn't. You didn't just get to chunks midway through it. I had to be very clear. Right. Um, so you know, up he comes again, and you. Uh, I got it down to a T. Sure. You know, who founded the IRA? <laughs> Stuff like that. He goes <laughs> down. They'll wait a little um, while. He comes back up again. Yeah. Wait, and what does he? Wait for him. And, uh, Michael Collins! Back down he goes, something like that. Yeah. Now, I turn to the lads, and I'm like, do you want to take that, or do you want to move on? Oh, I see, so they could um, choose whether to accept the question, the answer or not. Yeah, and then um, they'll go, uh, well, he was he was one of them, you know. I mean, it's quite a big... There wasn't one founding member, and I'm like, got to push you for time, lads! <laughs> right, yeah, uh, have you? Because, you know, he's still jumping. He's going mad, this guy. He thought he's getting married next Friday. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. After you accused of, uh, and even being convicted in some aspects of, uh, of lying and cheating on the story, I guess you maintained that there was someone else responsible and you went about trying to find a, a means of tracking this individual down. Yes, I um, I knew that I'd been thrown under the bus. Sure. Um, I, as the court papers show, I did grease the wheels for, uh, you know, <sighs> hislop to, um, well, I mean, I've named him there, so, you know, I don't care. Hislop... Um, Hislop who, sorry? Uh, well, I never knew his surname. Right. But all I knew was that I was working for Hislop. And he was he was a producer or commissioner at ITV? He, yeah, he was the executive producer. Yeah. And he said to me over a cocktail, he, uh, he didn't buy me one, sadly, <laughs> but um, he said to me, look, we can make a lot of money out of this thing. And I said, uh, well, go on, Hislop, what are you talking about? You want me to uh, <laughs> apply for my own game show? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm the host. It'd be a bit weird if the host uh, then, you know, sits in the chair. And he went, exactly. So, and that, so that, was, that was the plan. That was his lot's ruse that you were an unwilling uh, or naive participant in was to sort of sneak onto your own game show whilst hosting it. Well, if you remember, you never actually see me throughout the show. I'm a voiceover. Until the fourth round. You only see me in the fourth round or putting the lever for the chair. Yep. So, it was an autumnal day, uh, October the 9th, 2006. I applied to be on my own game show. You maintain that 
obviously his lot put you up to this, that he was the, the real villain. Yeah, we, we, yeah, he's the exec producer. He's the one who can give it uh, the green light on whether the money gets paid out, whether it airs, uh, and we were going to split the money 50-50. I won the money. There was havoc in the green room. Everyone was going insane, going, you know, where's the host? We think it's him. All this stuff. And yet his lot was never arrested or convicted. Hislop got away with it. He flew to uh, the Bahamas, and uh, he, he, he lives there now. Uh, he spent all of the winnings. He didn't give me my cut, and he lives on a... It's a fantastic boat. It really is. He pays no tax, and uh, he, he is having an absolute dream life. And so that's why uh, a couple of years ago I flew over there and hunted him down. Sure. How did that go? So he lives... What was it, in the Bahamas? He lives in the Bahamas on a boat. Uh, the boat is called uh, the Real Irish Republican Army. Which, right. And uh, I arrived it's quite in the a lot. Bahamas. I mean, I don't know if his lot worked on Take Me to the Bridge. It's quite, it's quite a lot of IRA-related references and questions in his quizzes. Uh, yeah, well, well, we met on Take Me to the Bridge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a runner. He was a young man at the time. Sure. And he, he had to uh, run down to the bottom of the bungee and make sure that the... Uh, the stag was okay. Gotcha. Uh, and I, I think that's where he got his love of boating, actually, because um, he would be on a little paddling boat and, uh, you know, he'd just he'd sit there and the stag would drop down and he'd just kind of, you know, say, are you okay? And uh, the stag would have to answer that question. In between so, hearing snapshots of your questions at the top of the bridge. Yeah, the bottom was his welfare and the top was the quiz. Yes, which appears to be just various trivia questions about Irish paramilitary organisations. Well, yeah, you know. And how did your um, how did your campaign to track down his lot go then? So he's got this boat. I fly over to the Bahamas. I I've just packed my swimming shorts. That's all I know I need. I uh, I slide the bomb in at the airport. Yeah, I walk out the airport. I walk to the uh, the sea. Mm. And I just start swimming, because I know where he is. So I get to his boat, I grab a rope, climb aboard, and... Uh, Are you worried he's going to try and catch you? Is it quite a, sort of quite a tense, almost an espionage kind of scenario? Well, when I arrived, there was a massive party going on. It was a, a double denim party. Yeah. Everyone had to wear a, a double denim. Oh yeah, we got that. And uh, so I looked a bit out of place, because I was wearing my shorts. Yes, and not invited. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have an invite. So, um, and this waiter, I'll never forget, he came up to me and he said, uh, why aren't you dressed in double denim? And I said to him, um, well, I didn't realise it was a double denim party. We're in the middle of the Bahamas. Why the hell would I pack my denim? It's too hot. And he laughed and he said, come with me. So I went into the kitchen there and uh, he gave me a pair of Calvin Klein's and a Levi's denim jacket. And he said, you know, go have fun, kid. So uh, I was all right then. I was saved by him. Gotcha. He had, he had spare double denim for almost like people that forgot their PE kit. Exactly. So you got given this double denim. Yeah. Are you still what? You're still trying to keep a low profile at this point? Yeah, very low profile. I'm just mingling. I'm uh, I'm talking to you know supermodels and directors. And... Did you find that having to sort of do so much lying or be involved in so much lying on your TV show The Story helped you provide an alias at the party? Exactly. I mean, the great thing about The Story is that you can... It gives you such great uh, skills for the rest of your life. So, you know, I was... Uh, I was on that boat and people asked me who I was. I said I'm a journalist 
uh, you know, and then I'd go over to another group of people and they'd ask me, uh, you know, who the hell are you? And I'd say, don't worry about me. I'm just uh, one of the chefs. I'd so go so over you, you, to made, an- you made no effort to have a consistent cover story. You would interchangeably I, 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 between groups because random occupation. I was consistent with the people who I'd told originally who I was. Right. So, you know, for the, for example, there were three uh, three girls there, and uh, you know, we got chatting. We actually uh, we actually had a lot in common, and I told them that I was a pilot. Anyway, a bloke then comes over to me and uh, he says to me, uh, "Oh, girls, you met this guy. He's funny, isn't he? He's um, he, he's a school teacher. Mad that he's out here." And they were looking at me like, the hell, you just said you're a pilot. And I went, well, I'm a teacher on the side, girls. And they liked that. Uh, and then this other guy came up to me and he went, um, sorry, I was wondering if you could fix my shoes. <laughs> right. Uh, because I said that I was a cobbler. Yeah. And these girls went, well, hang on a minute, you're a pilot and uh, a teacher. And I went, yeah, but as a hobby, because we all got to have hobbies, I fix people's shoes. And so I sat in the corner of the boat and fixed, uh, you know, shoes for about three hours. How many occupations do you think you uh, you claim to have? Uh, 17 uh, was when I got caught. And how did you get caught? I mean, how did you get caught? What are you talking about? <laughs> Someone clocked on the idea you didn't have 17 disparate jobs. Well, no, somebody asked for my business card. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was absolutely buggered then because I took out a business card. Bone of mind, you there, swam there. Yeah, I did. Uh, I had it in my. Uh, I, I strapped a Tupperware to my head. Anyway, I took out the. Uh, <laughs> took out the. Uh, Did you remove the Tupperware no, at no. any point? Right, so you get there. Bit of shenanigans with a waiter. You're dressed in swimming shorts. He kindly offers you some double denim. But then you proceed to go around the party with a Tupperware full of business cards strapped to your head, claiming that you're both a chef and a cobbler and a pilot. Yes. Well, the thing is, the Tupperware uh, was uh, like you know you pressed a button. And uh, the business card would shoot out like a little, uh, like a little vending machine, like a sort of like a shoe you might have when you play poker. You're able to sort of flick out the cards quite quickly. Exactly, it was like that. It was like that. And um, anyway, somebody found it. Well, they took one out. They went, "Who's Big Ron Jackson?" And I started panicking because Hislop, who was driving the boat, went. Who said Big Ron Jackson? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So the, the place where this reception was happening for this party also contained the controls for the boat? Yes. Right. So Hislop turns around uh, and he said, Who said Big Ron Jackson? So it's quite a, quite a lively party until that point, but he managed to pick up oh, on that and then... Music stops. Yeah. The uh, the boat stops. Uh, the sh- everything, every, everyone just turns. And you know, like... um. You know, like in uh, Spartacus, when everyone stands up and says, no, I'm Big Ron Jackson. Mm. Yeah. I uh, I thought everyone was going to do that. So <laughs> yeah, I, did uh, you? But based on what? Well, I'd made, I'd made some friends. Right. But, but, so did... I, stu- I stood up and I went, I'm Big Ron Jackson. Yeah. And um, because I am, yeah. he went, and well, also, what the but, fuck but, are you doing on my boat? Yeah, you know? but, but no one else knew that that was a problem. So why would anyone else stand up Spartacus style and help you out? Because you, you should have seen Hislop's eyes. Right. It, it was so angry. Paint a picture for us. Well, imagine a hundred glamorous, uh, you know, what? arty types. Yeah. All in double denim. A lot of them... Sweating profusely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the Bahamas. Um, the waiters, they're all wearing double denim. Well, triple denim, because they're, uh, their bow ties were denim. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle, a bit like my game show. Ah. And Islop... When he hears someone say, who the hell is Big Ron Jackson? 
He he pulls the keys out of the boat. The engines stop. Yeah. All the music stops. Everyone turns to me, and then bingo. What we have is a live version of the story. Oh wow! So talk us through that if you could remember the rounds of your own game. <laughs> but if it's more, if it's easier, maybe just cut to the <laughs> cut to the showdown. His slop comes down, and everyone, you know, imagine it. It's like Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going, why does the organiser of this party have a problem with this pilot and cobbler? Yeah, he's a nice guy. Anyway, Hislop comes down the stairs and he goes, who are you? And I said, who do you think I am? He pressed the top of my head and a business card came out yep. and he went, you're Big Ron Jackson. What, did, what, what, said, what, was, what else was on the business card? Did you have an occupation? Host of the story, host of Take Me to the Bridge, host of Mr. Bitch. Yep. He went, well, 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 we meet again. I said, yeah, you ran off with my money. And he looked around and everyone, no one said a thing. And he jumped off the side of the uh, side of the boat. Does it, does it make it quite hard to swim if he's wearing double denim? Well, what I didn't realise was that when he jumped into the sea, he actually swam underneath the boat, opened a hatch and he went back up. And so he, he, he was actually... <laughs> He was, still, he was actually still in the boat. Yes, he got past you. Does a hatch underwater being opened cause structural problems for the boat? Presumably if he was able to get in, so could the sea. Yes, well, the, the, the boat uh, sunk. Right. Um, and I, I, we were all bobbing in the water. Uh, and the double denim was getting very heavy at this point. So we're all bobbing around. But it was quite shallow water, so we're all kind of fine. We're all kind of stood up. <laughs> what? And, How uh, light was the boat? <laughs> How much water did the boat displace? That's what I'll never forget about that boat. How light it was. Mm. Anyway, so um, we had a fight. I found him and uh, I I punched him. And then he punched me back. And uh, everyone was stood in the circle again. And uh, there was one guy who said uh, I told him I was a boxer. So he thought I was going to be all right. But I'm not. I'm not a boxer. Uh, He absolutely pummeled me. We went 12 rounds... Uh, went he went 12 rounds. There was, <laughs> there was an actual structure to this fight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then what he, happened? He won, he, well, he won, <laughs> he won on a technicality. You've managed to prove that his lot was the real, the real villain. You've got a new project in the works, I believe. It's me hosting my own channel. It's called Feedback with repeats of, um, you know, such What's... shows as The Story, Mr. Bitch, Take Me, take to, the me to the Bridge. And all your, all your, I guess, your famous catchphrases, there's eye dents in between the programmes. Yeah, so 10pm uh, every night when I'll shut the channel down, I'll play the national anthem. <laughs> do you? And, uh, yes, yeah. I, I, lo- I do love the monarchy. I do love the monarchy. Um, well, why don't we, then, we, I mean, we're, we're very near the end of, of, of this episode. Why don't you treat us to what we can expect to see on feedback in six months' time when it launches? Could you, would you mind signing us off? Oh, I'll sign off feedback like, uh, well, there we go. That was another fun day of feedback on feedback. And also, if you want to leave any feedback, just get in touch at bigronjackson at feedback.com. It's been a pleasure to have you here, but if I'm not mistaken, I think I can hear the Queen singing the national anthem from her balcony. So over to you, Queenie. Up, up, up and away, you lying shit. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Big Ron Jackson. Well, thank you for having me and I uh, hope, you know, tune into my shows. They, uh, they're all up on YouTube and, uh, you know, thank you for having me on. 
Well, that's all we've got time for. I've been asked to say that if you've been enjoying these podcasts, could you please leave a review on the Apple Podcast site? Apparently that helps. Well, I won't be checking them, so, you know, you can really write whatever you want. Also, our Twitter account is at Microscope Fun, if you'd like to follow that for details of live gigs in the future and other little things that, you know, eventually we might start tweeting about. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. The sound effects were added by Ben Williams and the theme tune was by Nikki Green. Next episode, we'll be talking to a tour guide who has proof the earth is flat. But until then, remain vigilant and catch you next time on Microscope. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.